Misha Travelers, and welcome back to Season 3 of Tales of Tabat, a Genshin Lore podcast. We're really excited to be bringing you all sorts of new lore and theories and all of our goofy, ridiculous behavior this season. And in typical Tales of Tabat fashion, we're going to be starting off this season with one of the big Monsat characters and my personal favorite, Albedo. Yay. We want to remind you, Travelers... To visit talesatavat.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. And that website, talesoftavat.com, has a few other fun things like artist spotlights from the Genshin community, wallpapers if you want to dazzle your eyeballs, and links to some of our favorite merch. And finally, feel free to email us at talesoftavatpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode what kind of topics you'd like to hear and if you think that amanda is obsessed with albedo (laughs) we all know the answer to that one (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) so my first question for everyone is what was your first exposure to albedo do you remember (laughs) it wasn't even okay I want to go first because this is not a chef's kiss. It wasn't even Genshin related. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, no, it was Genshin related. I take it back. I'm sorry. It was when a bunch of the Genshin voice actors played Among Us. Among Us. Yes. You just hear Koi, aka Albedo's voice actor. Like just is so upset with like people like it's amazing high key a great time yeah i mean i'm gonna take a pause on my question just to say that koi dao who is the english voice actor of albedo is one of the funniest voice actors i think genshin has Mm -hmm. between his own posts he's like in love with haizo I think he's in love with Heizo more than any of his own characters. He sings Let It Go from Frozen. It's my favorite thing. But yeah, that's besides the point. Um, Tiffer Brandon, when was your first Albedo exposure? Mine was doing his story quest. Ooh, okay. Followed closely by your fanfiction. <laughs> Mine was when I accidentally wished on the wrong banner. I was trying to get Eula and I immediately got Albedo after Fiends was trying very hard to get Albedo. Mm-hmm. And because of the nice person that I am, <laughs> I'm so very kind to all of my friends. I decided to stream on Twitch that night and made sure that Amanda was there and came in to co-op with me and just kind of stood there as Albedo like, hey. Not a dick move at all, Tish. Nope, no, not no. at all. No. <laughs> it's not like the time when you and I had Yelon while in Fiend's world and got kicked out. Yeah, because I still don't have Yelon. <laughs> <sighs> that was like our, our other friend Mori did that with Kokomi. Uh, she got Kokomi and I was like, <laughs> everyone just kept like co-oping with me while I didn't have characters. So sad. I actually don't remember my first Albedo exposure because I think I've just been exposed in the heart for my whole life. Oh, oh my god. Oh my. <laughs> but I do feel like if I had to think about it, I knew I liked Albedo right before the Shadows and Miss Snowstorms event happened. I was already like a fan. And then I had to do a historic quest. And I was like, oh, I like this guy a little more. And then I did the event and I was like, oh, you poor soul. <laughs> that was the start of my love. You went straight to your heart. With those skinny little hips and that blonde hair and those blue eyes. I'm drowning in those eyes <laughs> every day. <laughs> I can't. I 
I want him to braid my hair like that. Listen, I'm <laughs> blonde to try to have the albedo blonde hair oh with the braid. That is that is hard to do. Didn't you actually show the stylist that like the color too? Yeah, I literally brought up a picture <laughs> of albedo and was like, "This is the hair color I want." Correct. And I have like naturally black hair. She mm. looked at me and she was like, "Really? <laughs> this is what you want?" But yes. I already had like half blonde. Like it was halfway up my head. It was blonde because that's what I did during the pandemic. I just slowly bleached more and more of my hair. So she didn't have to do too much, but she definitely was like, people have brought in worse comparison photos. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> that is tough to be that blonde, but you did look great with it. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. I mean, anyone would look great if they looked like Albedo, right? So. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like making out with yourself in the mirror? <laughs> no, I, no one can compare to Albedo like that. Oh, okay. Come oh. on. No one but Albedo. And <laughs> when I thought Fremenet was Albedo in the Fontaine trail. <laughs> I was like, is Albedo drowning? And everyone was like, no, Amanda. I was like, oh, good, good. I'm glad he's okay. But you're not wrong to think that though like right it's uncanny of how like together and like how how similar they are i know i have yeah, he does look like albedo as like a younger albedo 12 year old albedo yeah like i just want to hug him i want to be like you're gonna go through some trauma soon little one it's gonna be okay wama so now we know why one of Bean's favorite characters in fontaine is from it it is mm -hmm. my favorite character in fontaine besides the dog named Bug get <laughs> the dog named baguette oh my god so yeah you can't top that book I'm going to leave Fontaine, though, and go back to Mondstadt, where we first meet Albedo. I believe our first experience with Albedo is his story quest. And what we know about Albedo right off the bat is that he's the chief alchemist of the Knights of Favonius. He's also captain of the investigation team. Yeah, and chief alchemist. And chief alchemist. So what we're saying is, in fact, he's not Albedo, but Alphonse. <laughs> Please, <laughs> just just in the back you know what maybe maybe that explains a lot of things he's just armor no oh my we'll god we'll get back to that <laughs> mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> so we meet albedo we find out he's the chief alchemist and we quickly realize that he has a little girl that follows him around and that she's like his adopted sister and we find out that that's clee it sounded really creepy though the way that oh you said that <laughs> he's got this little girl that follows him around yeah, like a ghost. <laughs> She's stalking him. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> Clee's like, be my big brother, Albedo. Be my, my big brother. brother. <laughs> and I don't remember if Clee was introduced before Albedo or not. That's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm almost positive that Klee came out before Albedo. Because Albedo launched, what, in 2.2 or 2.1? He should have launched in 1.0 in all our hearts. I thought it was 1. something, but I'm not sure. It was 1.2 was the first event stuff with him. Okay, never mind. Oh, the, the dragon and the chalk print? Yeah. Ah, chalk chocolate yeah they hinted at that pretty quickly they were like chalk yeah they they didn't hide that fact they were just like this dude is chalk <laughs> he he is made of chalk he's a homunculus although i guess at that point we didn't know if he just liked chalk or if he was chalk and they really dive into the whole chalk thing he's known as the crede prince is that how you say it yeah yes okay in my head i say crede prince but i don't know if that's right well he's known as that which basically means chalk prince and he's also known as the 
Cretaceous or something like that, which is also his constellation, which also means like Mm -hmm. chalk prints or something like that. And then his like hidden artist name is Calx, which also means chalk they went all in yeah all in and in fact there's even like a deeper set to why he's chalk and why his name is albedo like we'll go into that further on when we get into the alchemy part of it but they really deep dived into him and his you know origins his meanings i mean we're more than likely the possibility of knowing his future arcs yeah it's pretty impressive well he came out before him by the way oh wow he come out 1.1 which is just OG. I don't know what version it was in, but it, she came out starting in October. He His first banner was in December. Right. Oh, so then she must have like come out around the time Mona and Fischl came out. Well, when Mona gets her story, her character story, and Klee is the girl she's looking for, she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this little girl. You're <laughs> Alice's predecessor. A child. A child? A child! Not with an E. <laughs> nope. Still murderous, though. But, you know, Al, you brought up alchemy, and I think it's actually really interesting, because prior to this game, the only thing I knew about alchemy was that it was a tarot card. Like, the alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've you not watched Full Metal? <laughs> no, no. I'm, Al, I'm into, like, soft, cutesy animes. I will say, it's not soft and cutesy. But boy, will you love it because Alphonse is adorable. It's just adorable. Heike recommend. And that, and like, I'll go further in, but like the whole idea of the Philosopher's Stone is a big key part of Albedo. All right. Well, okay. So we know that he's an alchemist. We know that he's in Mondstadt. But Dainsley in Albedo's like character teaser when they're showing us his battle style mentions that Albedo is an outsider, which I don't know, was kind of surprising at first because you're like, he's a captain in the Knights of Avonius. Like how many outsiders do they let be captains? And you're like, oh, all of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's slim pickings. Very slim pickings. You've got 10 people. (laughs) (laughs) to choose from and half of those left so now we have five did you know we even have an npc that's a captain oh my gosh what yeah herda the one who does your monstat like day um like commissions for the week like your bounties and stuff she's a captain oh yeah wait she's a captain yeah like if you if you look up like well first off it says it above her head but like if you were to look up like the captains it's like kaya albeda eula herda (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god what i love it her is one of my favorite characters top 10 sorry albedo Herda is a knight and is in captain and noel is just over here <laughs> i'm upset the problem with noel is that she's too good at her job yes you know like she's too good at being a maid so they can't promote her Because then they'll lose the best maid they've ever had. (laughs) You're making me feel things. (laughs) Of my own position. But yeah, so Albedo's an outsider. And that kind of threw me for a loop the first time. And then we find out that he's only in Monset off of a recommendation from none other than Alice. 
whereas he likes to call her Aunt Alice. I thought she told him to call her mom. She did. And that's got me <laughs> feeling a lot of weird things, too. And it's creepy. It's real creepy. Alice, the child collector. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he wasn't technically born, so he doesn't hey. have a biological mom. Don't take that away from him. He can he have multiple family. He, I mean, yes, and he gets to choose his family. He doesn't. He's not restricted by the bonds of blood. I mean, except for Durin, because he bathes in his blood. No, no blood bathing. Bathes in his blood. I just like saying it. Sorry. So we find out that Alice recommended Albedo to be in the Knights of Pavonius and to go to Mondstadt with Clee. And it's like, okay, well, how does Alice know Albedo? And then you find out all about. Miss Ryden daughter, aka Gold, aka my least favorite character in this entire game. Yes, Ryan daughter. I like can't pronounce that still. Oh, Ryan daughter. It's it's interesting because we know she's from Conria and looking to how Scandinavian names are done, she's the daughter of Rhine, which may or may not be significant in Genshin world, but it may just be like a nod to certain mythology of like old Germanic and old Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Albedo mentions that he's not sure whether or not he re- like sees her as a mother. Although there are a few voice lines that suggest that Gold does look at him like a son. During the Hexen Circle little trailer we got during Windbloom this year, she says, I'm raising a son. And of all I had, he's the only one left. But I suppose that still makes me a mother. I suppose. Because all my other children are dead. That sounds like a mother who's lost all her children to foster care. And (laughs) does not give a fuck. And you know what? (laughs) Albedo should not give a shit either. Because what the fuck? Like, she hasn't been in his life for quite some time. To the fact that Hugh probably sees Alice more as a mother figure and, like, has already had a chosen family. Like, you... Yeah, Yeah, but Albedo does see Gold as, like, he does hold her in a higher esteem than anyone else in his life. And he does think of her, even though he recognizes that she's not, you know, a biological mother. I think he does see her as a mother. I mean, he recognizes her as his creator and Mm. he feels closer to her than anyone else, which is... Interesting because he also describes her as a cold and strict woman, and it's implied that she sort of threatened over the years to leave him if he didn't, you know, perform well uh, in his Sounds duties. Like an abusive mom to me. Yeah, it definitely or a pageant feels... mom. Pageant mom. But this also <laughs> kind of sounds like a vampire sire. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Well, you know what's interesting too is like, so there's Albedo's story quest, and then there's two events that Albedo is the star of. Uh, the first one is the chalk prince and dragons and the second one is shadows and snowstorms and in the first one the chalk prince and the dragons paimon actually mentions how albedo can come off cold and things like that and how she assumes albedo would have like a really big bad temper so like at one point in it albedo's like sketchbook gets stolen and paimon's like you must be pissed and he's like no i would just redraw the pages that's it 
why would I be angry? He's so like nonchalant about it. And so I think he sees everything that his mom has done and he's learned from it type of thing. And he's not the same person. And I think because he's only seen like toxic behaviors, that's why he becomes like a quote unquote recluse, because that's also how they describe him at the start of the game. Well, I think they have cleverly left it open to interpretation of like Albedo's personality because he is sort of mellow and but he's also like very emotionless Mm -hmm. and I think we can sort of dive in and sort of say well it's probably because he was created by this cold alchemist gold who just took him around these domains and it was all about work 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 so that's sort of like how he was quote unquote raised but you know it could also be that he behaves that way because he's a synthetic human Mm, yeah maybe he doesn't have the ability to have those right like maybe he doesn't feel emotions like a normal Mm -hmm. person that goes into one of my very intricate theories on albedo as a character well i'm gonna fight you guys on that whole he's synthetic no emotions thing because well we know he's he we know he's synthetic though right well yeah yeah, he's definitely He's definitely synthetic. He's made of dogs. <laughs> you can't fight us on that. <laughs> but he has emotions. And I say that, A, because I'm biased and I know that. But B, because there's a lot of little instances where you could see Albedo becoming more emotional and like having like things that you wouldn't expect a like puppet to have, which I think is interesting because a lot of people also compare Albedo to Scaramouche and say that they are probably similar. And we know that Scaramouche had a ton of emotions. So it almost feels like Gold maybe tried to raise Albedo to be emotionless, but fucking failed. Similar to the Raiden Shogun, except Albedo like played nice so he wouldn't get in trouble. For instance, in that first event, we get into a fight with some Fatuis and Sucrose is there. And Albedo happens to hear like a ruckus and comes and checks it out, helps us fight. And then he gets like kind of upset with Sucrose and Sucrose is all apologetic and he's like Sucrose it's not that I'm mad at you but I worry for you like I was really worried about you and I want to make sure that you stay safe so that's not something that I think like an emotionalist you know piece of well I don't think I don't personally think he's emotionless I just think that he's not nearly as emotional as most people and I wonder if that's because of his origin or if that's just his personality you know what I mean we don't really know yeah that's true you know you're right I unfortunately you bring because his he's very subtle emotionally i would say yeah he doesn't peak either way he's never like super mad or super happy i mean one we could throw that to like his upbringing with gold but we could also say that due to his age maybe he's kind of like realized in the what 500 years that he's been around that Nothing good can come from a of a giant reaction. Well, we don't know that he's been around that long, though, right? I thought it was confirmed that he was like right after or during the cataclysm. It's confirmed that he's at least after the cataclysm. Nothing yeah. else is confirmed. We know basically that Albedo was created after the cataclysm by gold mm-hmm. and that whenever he was made, him and Gold went traveling, like Brandon mentioned, to a bunch of domains doing research and investigations even before he was the captain of that team. And basically they found, is it the Heart of Nevarius? Mm-hmm. And then Gold was like, all right, peace out, Albedo. I'm giving you to Alice. I gotta go figure this shit out. Find the truth of the world. Bye. And all of Albedo's biggest fears came true and his mother abandoned him. <laughs> Why is that his biggest fear? Yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> 
because you guys even said it earlier. Like he's, you know, Gold was always threatening to just like get up and go. I mean, but if you threaten it enough times, they're just going to expect it. That's, I guess, true. <laughs> In your headcanon, that was definitely his biggest fear, which it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby Albedo, absolutely. Current Albedo, he probably could care less. I think he, I think he cares. That's why he's still trying to find the truth of the world. Since you even said with the investigation thing, is that part of her plan? Leave him in Mondstadt to become this investigation thing? Make him find all these things out for her so this way she can go back and screw us all? Well, I mean, if Alice and Gold are in cahoots, yes, possibly. They're both really crazy ass bitches. So, yeah, we don't know what the heart of Nabarius was. All we know is that it was an artifact that they found in a dungeon and that that somehow triggered her leaving. And there's a lot of speculation about what it might be. According to the wiki online, the heart of Nabarius in Chinese translates to something that's close to the same translation for Gnosis or means like heart of God. Mm. And Nabarius is also a demon. And a Marquis of Hell and the Ars Goetia or Goetia, however it's pronounced. And it's depicted as a three-headed dog or a raven and might even be sort of tied to the myth of Cerberus. So people think that, you know, the heart of Nabarius is like some kind of big, a big lore bomb that we just don't know anything about yet. So we don't know why that caused her to leave. Um, but it seemed kind of like it would have been in a hurry because it was immediate and also when she leaves she leaves him with a recommendation letter to give to alice so alice definitely didn't know that she was leaving i would assume yeah because he shows up you know and is like uh hi you know my creator mom sent me here here's a letter <laughs> of recommendation she wants me to become involved with the knights of favonius and she definitely thinks that i should have you know a lab <laughs> my mommy said that i deserve a science lab um, right. can you give that to me and alice is like well that's great because i really need a babysitter totally and like you know sometimes when you give person the babysitting jobs they just create a demon in disguise i don't know no look he gave clee more bombs no no he taught clee how to make gunpowder out of certain lizard tails yes he gave clee more bombs alice taught clee how to make bombs which is disturbing albedo just wants to help her feel happy with her bombs you you know <laughs> that if the theory that alice is is from our world you know she's an american <laughs> <laughs> she'd be bombing the fuck out of places she was taking notes during all the world wars she's like mm. she's the foster mom she's the foster parent that's why she's like mm, maybe i should adopt barbara because she could make me some real money yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's a pageant mom and in it for the Mora. <laughs> she got tired of Honey Boo Boo. That's why she's collecting kids. She's trying to get them foster payments. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she's only, like, successfully gotten one, too. Like, Albedo's her only, like, true success story. Yeah. That <laughs> hasn't stopped her, though. She has tried. She yeah. tried for Kaya. She tried for Ayaka. D-Luke. Barbara. Uh- Aloy. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. yeah. She even tried to bring Aloy into it. Dory. Dory. Oh my. I mean, I think Dory's a success story because Dory <laughs> yeah. loves her. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Kabe. <laughs> Kabe hates Kabe hates Dory. <laughs> you know, understandable. 
you got fucked over. And then Dory's always like, no, no, I didn't do that. What a genius con woman. <laughs> yeah. But you had mentioned Tiff, like something about whether or not like this was a whole all a scheme. Yeah. Of like putting Albedo in the Monstat so he could destroy Monstat. Because as we all know, Albedo has a very infamous voice line where he says to himself, if I were to destroy Monstat, would you stop me about the Traveler? Well, that gets a little worse. Because that's something normal people just randomly say. You don't say that before going to work every, like, Thursday? (laughs) That's just me? Fair point. Fair point. (laughs) Every Thursday, I'm like, if I were to destroy this workplace. (laughs) (laughs) But it kind of gets worse because, first off, Dainsleaf says that, like, he normally doesn't get involved in things and he, like, likes to watch things by the sideline. But during Albedo's character teaser, he does say that if Albedo were to make the wrong move, he would get involved. Well, we, we gotta understand that more than likely from Dainsleaf's perspective, because Albedo is a creation of gold and he probably blames gold for the cataclysm. Oh, he, he does. Absolutely. Of course he's going to think, like, this boy, this blonde-haired, delicious, feeny boyfriend is <laughs> is probably up to no good. And if he steps out of line, they might need to, like, you know, dust some chalk away. We don't <laughs> know for sure, like, if Gold had anything to do with the Cataclysm. Maybe she you know, accidentally caused it or caused it on purpose, or maybe she wasn't even involved in it. Maybe try to help it. She did it. Yeah, so I know we've been, like, hemming and hawing on that, but I'm, like, pretty positive in Albedo's teaser. Dainsley confirms that gold was a part of the cataclysm. He says that Albedo's knowledge is unknown, but I know it well. It hails from Conria, the art of Chemia. And before that, he says, the source of the knowledge he possesses once brought the destruction of a glorious nation. Glorious. The gold fucks some shit up. I mean, (laughs) But we still don't know if she did it on purpose. Yeah, because there's always the idea of, like, I'm pulling Jurassic Park, even though terrified of dinosaurs, but I love dragons. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's the possibility, because Kemia is such an important part of Conria. Conria is kind of how we see Fontaine now and is very like step forward into the future type of bullshit. The likelihood of maybe she was messing around with forces she did not quite understand and led to this destruction, that's a high probability because we know Alice, we know Nicole, we like the whole old hag. The entirety of the Hexen Circle like is not inherently evil. They're just kind of doing what they do best and some of that is creating bombs and some of that is you know telling fortunes (laughs) and for gold it's messing with you know alchemy aka chemistry and sometimes you can have unintended consequences Mm -hmm. so you know of course she has the most dangerous yeah (laughs) super dangerous but in my heart of hearts i i would hope that it was an accident because if someone I feel I feel so like weird saying this, but they made Albedo. Gold made Albedo. She also made Durin. And before Durin got corrupted, he wanted just to have friends. Yeah, he dreamed of it. It's hard for me to look at these creations and not think that somewhere deep inside their creator there is some good. Mm, that's true. Yeah, she thought of them as her lovely children. And she, you know, I think that. 
it's a valid question to ask if what happened was on purpose or not, because first of all, Kemia, like you were saying, Al, it was very important to Conria because as we know, Conria is an underground nation, so they don't have a lot of life down there. So her trying to figure out how to create life out of relatively nothing that could have been something that conria saw as key to their survival as you know a society or a a realm so she you know she was trying to bring life into this underground barren world you know she might have also been creating these things to have some kind of defense in place if celestia were to go after them and you know one theory that i have is that maybe she did make all of these things you know in a benevolent way but that celestia found a way to turn them against them and that that's why they all attacked was because they were under the control of celestia and in fact what you were just saying about durin having this dream they talk about this in the uh, dragon spine spear weapon description that he seemed to awaken from this dream this really pleasant dream that he was having where he's just sort of frolicking around to and monstad and everything and then he wakes up from it at the moment that davalin is killing him during the fight of the cataclysm and that's when he like sort of snaps out of this dream that he's been having. I don't think that Durin was even conscious of what he was doing during the cataclysm, like all the destruction Mm. and everything. Like, I think that he was possessed or hypnotized or something. Can we just take one little break in there? We've said the word Kenya a few times, and we know that it's a a form of alchemy, but can anyone give a little explanation for those who might not know the difference between plain old alchemy and Kenya? Isn't it just Genshin's word for alchemy? (laughs) It's not? Yeah, it is. It's a primary developed in and primary use used by the people of Conria. Yeah, but it's Conrian, not it's not like alchemy is the regular word for it, but it's Conrian. Oh, the special brand. It's almost like has like a dark magic side of it because Venti has a line that says like basically something like if if Albedo starts using it, Kemia, I'm gonna knock him down. Uh, that is not a direct quote of Venti. The, I think the key difference is that Kemia focuses on creating life. Yeah. Whereas alchemy is just what, like transmutation of one thing to another. And I guess you could look at that as something that's an abomination. Or even reserved for the gods. Like it's something, a power or an ability that only gods are supposed to have. And I think that Sucrose and Albedo are a great example of telling the difference between the two alchemies because Sucrose says that the type of alchemy that she studies, which I think is like a biochem type of alchemy, basically, she's all about like making life better using her alchemy where Kamiya is about creating life and I will say Albedo has created life before we've seen it in his trailer where he's created a crystal fly using his art and he's also created a half-drawn vishop that does come to life it's a little funny it's very like spongebob doodlebob mm-hmm. or like chalk zone if you ever watched chalk zone but it seems like there's a bunch of different alchemies and i do find it interesting because you're right tiff like venti does have a line about uh well it's his about albedo line this is nothing about albedo <laughs> and and basically just talks about like the art of alchemy and specifically like the chalk and black soil which is all like the pieces of of Camilla like you know he's like how do you explain white chalk in a black soil and he talks about how dangerous it is to harness energies like that and you can't imagine what would happen if someone were to do that in the city 
And it's interesting because I never thought it was because of the gods and everything. Like, I actually thought that he was afraid of it because of Durin. Because Albedo actually says, without knowing who Venti really is, that Barbados's arch enemy was Durin. So I almost wondered if, like, Venti just knows that gold made both of them regardless of how they were made or what they're practicing and he kind of has a negative connotation because of that too i am very glad that you brought up this you can't bring something good out of black soil because i'm I'm gonna go deep diving into the alchemy now that is step one which is the step before albedo (laughs) when it comes to making the magnus opus aka the philosopher's stone And what is that? So the Philosopher's Stone is kind of like this mythical, like, transmutation of, you know, material. Like, you can really use any material. It's like purity on purity on purity, refined to the atom. Not really. But it's supposed to be able to give immortality, be able to, like, resurrect the dead, stuff along those lines. Now, it's, you know... In our real life, there have been many historic alchemists that have tried and have failed to produce a Philosopher's Stone, mostly because, no, you cannot produce something that can create immortality. That's just... (laughs) I know. If only. However, there is kind of a formula um, to create it. And... This can change. The names will change uh, depending on which area of the world you're looking at when it comes to alchemy. Greco-Roman and Egyptian alchemy, Islamic Golden Age alchemy, medieval ages, like Eastern Asian alchemy. Like a lot of them have very different opinions of these stages, but the same goal is always to make a philosopher's stone. And the first stage is called the blackening. In in Latin, it's uh, negrito. And it's basically you're taking a pure form of chaos. Think of black soil. You have so many different minerals and, you know, sediments within this soil. So it's multiple different compounds working together. And it's just chaos because there's so many, there's no order to it. It's funny that you say that out because Albedo openly admits that Negredo is a full-on mystery to him and he doesn't get that step of alchemy. Because he's already passed it. Yeah. Because he is gold's virgin or attempt at getting the Magnus Opus, aka the Philosopher's Stone. Because the second phase is called the whitening, which is in Latin called Albedo, which is getting from black soil purifying it to the point of it becoming white soil it's why when we think of chalk we think of pure limestone you know calcium carbonate like it's all very pure white now the last two stages either albedo has not come into yet or perhaps it's in reference to all of gold's different creations the third step is the yellowing or citrinus and the final stage is the reddening rubido these two like when i was looking it up i was trying to understand specifically what it meant because it's a little just odd when it comes to like okay i can understand black and white when it comes to the soil motif And once we get to the second two phases, the soil motif is out, gone, goodbye. It's now a solar motif. So it's a little strange. 
Yeah. A little confusing to me. But it's basically, you have the whitening happen, the purity of an element. Now we're basically solar powering it. It's kind of like a dawning, which is how to express that. It's interesting that you bring up the whole like solar thing, Al, because mm-hmm. I think a really big concept we've seen in the game is the sun. You know, exactly. we're not sure what the sun is still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're not really sure what that's all about. But Albedo does have a voice line that talks about like how many like humans it would take to like get all of the sun's energy or some shit like that. <laughs> like and- trillions, if not more. Yeah, it's just interesting. It's just like, hmm, like, why is the sun such a big topic when the sun seems like it might not even be real? To bounce off the idea of, like, the sun, the goal of the Philosopher's Stone is to have a godlike ability, whether it be immortality, resurrection, eternal youth, stuff like that. When you think of the sun, it's usually in a godly way or in a celestial way way if you will and i can understand where that dawning and like the sun motif is coming in because you think the gods gods are towards the sun or at least towards you know the sky so it could be in reference to that yeah i think he says like you need the harness the power of like the sun eight times our own size to make gold or something like that which is interesting because what you just said about suns and then gold and it's like why are they all connecting yeah, we don't know what the sun is. Like, it's allegedly a machine. It might be a spaceship. We don't really know. What if I told you I was the sun in Tabat? I would believe it. It's just like from <laughs> Teletubbies. No. As the sun rises, it's no. Feeny's beautiful face smiling. No, that like would that. be terrorizing. So that you you fell down at one point and some mountain people came and helped put you back together and then you flew back up into the sky? I fell multiple <laughs> times and those mountain people were great every time. 10 out of 10 would recommend on their Google review. Okay, so Amanda <laughs> is over 6,000 years old, confirmed. <laughs> I mean, did you expect anything less? she only knows these answers because she was there to witness it herself you know how they you see the sustainer of heavenly principle plot twist that was (laughs) me as a youngin (laughs) those are my glory days coming together all right we're done (laughs) this is a series finale we just that was the truth of the world (laughs) (laughs) thanks albedo But, um, you know, we've talked a lot about Albedo and, you know, his possible, not possible, I guess his Conrian roots, even though he's technically not from Conria because he was created after the Cataclysm, but his mom is Conrian, so Conrian by association. Conrian by association. (laughs) (laughs) Why that makes me Conrian? (laughs) No! Wait, wait, this is why he's not affected by the curse! (laughs) But I wanted to talk about that because we don't know where he was made and where these other things were made because albedo basically has no memory of like a childhood or, or being born or anything he's just like his memories start where he's like already traveling with gold going in and out of domains and there's some interesting word choices in one of the other weapons
in descriptions, which is Festering Desire, which I know that's a sword that was sort of at the center of the first Albedo event, which I did not play. But in the description of Festering Desire, it says, Unborn life, unfulfilled wishes, tragic dreams at the edge of the universal darkness that could never come true, indwell my body and descend unto this world. Then my lovely children, like rainwater flowing into creeks and plants growing towards the sun, go into a lovely place and display your own beauty there with pride. So the key line in this to me is tragic dreams at the edge of the universal darkness and then indwell my body and descend into this world. So that to me makes it sound like she's either creating these beings like Durin and we haven't even gotten into like she created the Rift Wolves and the Golden Wolf Lord. It makes it sound almost like she's creating them either in the abyss or that she's somehow channeling them from the abyss as part of her alchemical process. Right. And we actually we talked about this a little bit in our season finale last season where we were like what the fuck where was gold because clearly gold must not be affected by the curse either mm-hmm. and i think abyss back back way back like a month and a half ago also seemed like the biggest best answer wait can we just step back there for a second why do mm-hmm. we know that gold's not affected by the curse because if she was pure conrian wouldn't she live forever oh that's true so it, it that that also assumes that she's alive which right. we don't actually know either if she's dead then chances are well if alice is trying to you know adopt albedo she's most likely dead Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that is true alice jumps real quick on the on the orphans but we barbara's mom isn't dead that we know to her oh well okay (laughs) yeah different types of dead and albedo still loves gold in a way that it seems so dead to me (laughs) yeah i mean so she's either pure blood connery and is now immortal has been cursed with immortality or you know she's not affected by the curse because if she was not pure connery and then she would have turned into a monster yeah, a hilly troll or something else. Yeah, or she wasn't there for the actual curse. She was down, like, I think you were alluding to, like, she was down in the abyss. Right. And therefore got away from it. I feel like she just held a bunch of raves in there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, y'all, I just created during the party dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Dury wants to be friends with Devalin so bad. Like, He's like, I'm snorting another dragon. lines of chalk in the no! corner. All the chalk. You guys, I got a great idea. I got a great idea. (laughs) Look at all this chalk. (laughs) I'm going to make a person. Do you think that gold and skirk are friends? And for travelers who don't remember, skirk is the person from the abyss that trained child. I mean, why not? I mean, she clearly has some way been able to get her hands into the abyss. Why not? <laughs> I'm thinking so. I mean, I I theorize that Skirk is somehow either in the Hexen Circle or somehow tied to them. I don't think right. we even mentioned that Rhindaughter slash Gold is a member of the Hexen Circle. Right, which actually brings up a really good point. Um, when we had Windbloom and we got to see the Hexen Circle trailer, that's when we kind of confirm who's in it, like who's in the Hexen Circle, which very much, when I rewatched it, I was like, is this the cell block tango? She's like, I, I loved a man once. The one guy, <laughs> girl's literally like, I killed my lover because he was old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but Gold says, you know, the whole thing about like how she's raising a son and it's the only one she has left. But they show 
Albedo in like a little bottle, like a baby. So I think it's really interesting that they're suggesting that Albedo basically was like a little like not a test tube baby, but like a beaker baby. (laughs) I mean, what is the difference? One is alchemy and one is modern day science. (laughs) I mean, you still can use a beaker in modern day science. Nah, not in that way. Either way, you know, he had to break out of some glass to, you know, be birthed. And it's interesting because Gold says that she's raising a son. So, like, the idea that Albedo just, like, appeared as an adult, even if, you know, he grew in the bottle, like, one of those capsules you put in water as a kid, and they become, like, little sponges of dinosaurs. Wait, what if she just kept making an older, you know, like, piece added pieces on? Oh, I hate that. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) Like, she just chisels out some chalk and, like, all right, you're now a big boy. You're going to have these lanky legs and just attaches them puppet style. You're making me think of Naraku, Al. Stop. Al's always bringing up Inuyasha unintentionally. (laughs) I didn't say fucking shit about Inuyasha until the second. (laughs) You thought of that on your own. Al makes me think of it. (laughs) But yeah, like it's just interesting that you get to see this like little baby Albedo in a bottle and he doesn't remember his childhood. There's a lot of questions about that too. If like maybe he did have a childhood and gold made him forget it or potentially Alice made him forget it. Or maybe he was just created as an adult. Yeah. No, too. no, no, no. Stop yeah, we don't it. know. Like, I mean, he might have like popped out of that beaker and just kind of went like. No, I think he had a childhood. Why do you think that? Yeah. Like what? Why? Why does he need a childhood? Well, like I just said, I feel like the fact that Gold is saying that she's raising a son and she is, sees herself as a mother. I don't think if she just popped out a like 23 year old out of a bottle she'd be like i'm raising him i think she would have considered the incubation period inside the beaker as raising him as well yeah i mean this is like jenny the teenage robot she's technically a teenager but is three and her scientist mom is still raising her to be a nice teen Mm -hmm. i mean we're also missing this amazing parallel to pinocchio except albedo i don't think lies and does not have a growing nose so he could have just been created but perhaps it's taken centuries or however long Albedo has been sentient for him to like get to this point. Maybe he was kind of like baby, but in a giant body. It's almost like reverse Pinocchio, where instead of becoming a real boy, I think he's going to prove that nothing is real, just like him. That's so And damn. I actually wanted to mention, touching on that, is that in his character story five, he says that Gold once mentioned chalk is the spotless soil and was used to make primordial man. And that combined with the fact that albedo is the second attempt at creating a person by gold she also created primordial albedo which we talked about in last season's episode about the suspedo event and these were all experiments stemming from her primordial human project and so the fact that she's saying chalk was used to make primordial man and we all know that to that is an existence and was basically created by a being known as the primordial one. It makes me wonder if maybe all of the original humans into that were made from chalk. Like where maybe they were created Ooh. in the same way oh my God, and sort of evolved away from that. And Albedo is like gold accomplishing what the primordial one accomplished in the very beginning of humanity onto that. That's really interesting. I like that theory. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Cause I, I feel like there is some place and I'll, I'll have to go back and research it where humans are, 
were known to either be made out of rock or clay. Like the Bible? No, I meant, I meant specifically Genshin related. Oh my, I mean, I don't I think that's where they say that. <laughs> I mean, I could just be getting my wires crossed here. Well, okay. So we've talked a lot about alchemy and Miss Gold over there and a lot about Conria. So let's go back into present day Tavat and let's talk about some of the people that Albedo has relationships with and like what those relationships mean. I think the most interesting relationship to me is Mona because Mona, Klee, and Albedo actually hang out together every now and then. I feel like it's mostly when Mona wants like a free snack. (laughs) But Mona's also like very jealous of Albedo. She wishes that she could just focus on her research where she feels like she's kind of held back by the old hag who's also a member of the Hexen Circle. And I just think how funny is that that like the children slash like predecessors of three Hexen Circle witches are all friends. Yeah, they're all successors. And it makes me wonder if Scarlet's gonna become a pal of theirs. Yeah. Like when is Scarlet coming back? And they all live in Mondstadt. Mm-hmm. Well, except for Charlotte. Well, yeah, sorry. The, the three that hang out currently yeah. are all from Mondstadt. Now, do you think that Mona knows that Albedo is Gold's quote-unquote son's successor? Yes. Yeah. Is Albedo, you think, open about the fact that Ryan and Daughter is his mom quote unquote that's a good question I mean we know it so easily and we know as the traveler because he just decides just to tell us in the second event thing that he's in when we're in a cave with him he's just like hey I know I can trust you I've made a talk but like (laughs) almost in that way thinking of it like that like he was telling the traveler because the options were you're were were basically you're not going to say anything because you're also different or I'm going to kill you oh my god (laughs) yeah it was like you're going to be dead or you're not going to say anything but like that makes me think that he doesn't tell anybody or at least the chalk part I would definitely agree with that though be because of his relation with Alice Angled being in connection with the Hexen Circle, it's kind of hard for me to believe that Mona doesn't know at least a little bit of everything. Like, she may not know he's made of chalk, but she may know that he is Gold's successor. Well, yeah, and I guess with, like, her scrying and everything, right? Well, she can't scry for albedo right she doesn't say well so in mona's character story it's a little unclear because it's not told from mona's perspective but it does say that since they are both people who seek to unveil the principles of the world and both are accomplished students of famed masters aligning themselves Mm. with one another and working together is perfectly normal so it does sort of imply that she knows that they sort of you know commiserate on their shared role okay that's good to know then i know that's also like a huge ship (laughs) oh really Ah. yeah mona and albedo yeah oh i didn't know that they released like an official art i think maybe around like the holidays last year maybe a little after oh yeah it was like a christmas tree what am i saying and it had like mona sitting on the couch like with a pillow over her lap like watching Mm -hmm. as like clee and albedo decorate a christmas tree and like Mm -hmm. all the mona albedo shippers went wild (laughs) (laughs) well i couldn't understand it may, I mean, I feel like if you like couples that have a lot in common, it, it's a very valid ship, I think. Yeah, they're kindred spirits. Yeah. I like the idea of them just trauma bonding as friends. <laughs> <laughs> they can trauma bond as lovers, too. <laughs> no, Albedo only has one lover. You? No, Kaya. <laughs> Kaya. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I, Look, I, I have a hard time shipping anyone that isn't a big hat with Mona. <laughs> 
Is it Zara or official? And that's it. <laughs> but wouldn't two big hats be a problem? How would they kiss? Yeah. That's the fun of it. That's the fun because they can't do because the hats, they bounce. Anyway. They get off on the squishing of the hats. Oh my god. Exactly. Uh, oh. <laughs> I not like the sound of that. <laughs> Will you come over here and squish my hat, please? Will you touch my brim? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no. Anytime someone says brim, I think of fedora. So anyway, um, to go back to what Al said, I am a huge Kai Beto shipper, which is really funny because they've had like no screen time together. But it's definitely like a huge ship amongst the people of the game. I mean, that makes sense too, because they're both parental slash sibling figures for Klee. Yes. They're, ba- they're both basically raising Klee. They're both raising Klee together. They both have Conrian roots, which is a big connector for them too. Mm-hmm. But I also really just appreciate some of the like the little minute details they put in the voice lines about them. Like Albedo talks about like drawing Kaya and he's like, yep. I only need to take three strokes to make Kaya. One for the eye patch. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Nice choice of words. <laughs> I love it. The idea of Kaya is like, draw me like one of your Fontaine girls. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, circle, line, circle. <laughs> That's all you get. (laughs) And it's funny, though, because Albedo doesn't even have an individual voice line about Kaya. Like, just about his freaking, like, drawing is where he mentions Kaya. Meanwhile, Kaya has a whole voice line about Albedo where he's basically like, everyone likes Albedo. He's talented and calm and he's collected. He's the type everyone likes. And then he's like, "What? wait, are you into him as well? And I'm like, "Do you, are you like him too? <laughs> like, Is this Kaya realizing he's just not that into you? <laughs> yeah, and he's into Albedo instead. Like, damn. Uh, And we've talked about this before where there's a theory that they could be brothers. No, we're not bringing that theory up (laughs) They were brothers. Kaya's like jealous of, you know, both of his brothers. He's like my adopted brother. I'm jealous of my adopted brother and my bio brother. So I think we brought up the Kaya Albedo possible brother theory back in our Kaya episode in like season one. Accidental incest. Oh, Oh, yes. I brought the incest in. <laughs> I think ever since Kari Bear happened, like that's been vetoed personally. Yeah. For me at least. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very unlikely, but But let's actually talk about the main Albedo ship, which is Albedo and Nat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only one that matters though. OTP. <laughs> but no, the other big ship for Albedo. So you have Kaya. And last thing about Kaya, people talk about the last summer event, the Bottle Land one. And I specifically saw a tweet, and if I find it, I will send it to Tiff to put on the website where they're like, this isn't how it's Kai. It shows Kaya and Klee's interactions at the end. And it says, this isn't how you treat your co-worker sister. <laughs> this is how you t- treat your boyfriend sister. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, what? oh yeah. So, you know, that's the penultimate for them. And there is a rumor that like one day we'll see them together. I mean, at some point, I hope. Like 7.8, maybe? I hope everyone's not disappointed when they finally give that to them. What do you mean you think they're not going to be together? <laughs> you just never know. You know, they might pull like a, a freaking... Sino-Tignari bullshit Oh, we're thing. brothers. Yeah. Oh. We're just like, we're just like brothers. Oh, well, that's another ship too. People ship the thruple of Albedo, Tignari, and Sino pretty hardcore on Twitter. I... That could be cute. What? 
Did you start that? You started that, didn't you? <laughs> it feels kind of like she did. I think she did. She's like, oh, it's really huge. Meanwhile, if we go and search it back, it just goes right to her. Yeah. Every time she says a lot of people ship, this, that's code for I ship this. <laughs> no, I have seen it. There's like a lot of like jealous stuff where it's like Albedo and Tignari are hanging out and Sino gets jealous. and then... So it's a cuck thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. It's a lot. I really enjoy reading it, though. And seeing the art, it's fun. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being honest. But I liked their relationship, like, regardless of thruple or not. I thought getting to see Tignari and Albedo interact during Windbloom was, like, the highlight of my year. I'm sure there are a few people out there that ship him with Sucrose, right? Uh, there's actually a lot of people who do. <laughs> the sound of disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest shipper of it, but I understand it. Right. I always just took it as like Sucrose is sort of in love with him from afar, but he doesn't return her feelings. Yeah, Mr. Albedo. Yeah. Like she has a crush on teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad too because like I feel like because Albedo is like you guys said generally a very neutral person emotionally that Mm -hmm. when he does show like care to sucrose like in that first event when he's like oh sucrose i was worried for you like i just want to make sure you're safe like sucrose could be like oh he loves me (laughs) (laughs) so i feel bad because i feel like uh albedo might be unintentionally misleading her (laughs) right right every time sucrose sees uh albedo mona and clee together she dies a little on the inside and she goes back (laughs) and takes one of her like hilly troll bones and puts like a hex on mona (laughs) but mona already foresaw that happening so she has put a counter spell on herself already Right, she has a protection <laughs> circle drawn around her at all times. But you know what else is interesting? They don't really show Albedo interacting with a lot of members of the Knights of Favonius either, despite him being a captain. So like Lisa is a member of the Knights and she thinks that Albedo is like, is cute, basically, like he has nice eyes. Yeah, and he finds Lisa disappointing because he knows how powerful she is and he's like oh she's really just gonna be a librarian with all that power do you think they'll have their moment where like that's when lisa will be like i'm dying and albedo's gonna be like oh shit (laughs) okay it would be cool for them to sort of have some more scenes together yeah because like lisa also is i like not that she's an alchemist but she's a witch Mm -hmm. and i feel like she probably has some alchemy knowledge like i don't remember what darshan she was a part of either i guess sinos was she spots him on i would assume because that's the elementalism one so yeah that makes sense elementalism alchemy sounds similar enough and i just feel like they would talk more i also would like to say uh, this is very random but it came up in my head because i was thinking how lisa went to the Sumeru academia but in albedo's character trailer Dainsleaf says something along the lines of like albedo's like wisdom is only beat out by the academia scholars of Sumeru. And I was like, wow, they've really been talking about Sumeru for that long? <laughs> like, it's crazy how much they've, like, planted in the past. Mm-hmm. He also, they don't show them interact, but they do reveal that he helped make all of Mika's survey equipment that he uses mm-hmm. in the field. So that's another Knight of Favonius tie-in. That's, like, really cute and sweet and you know what's also cute and sweet about that that kaya trained mika for all of his knights of avonius tests so Mm. there you go the boyfriend's helping an adopted son (laughs) (laughs) not two co-workers doing their job no never no 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 (laughs) what's doing your job 
I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's not a job. It's a way of life. <laughs> but Albedo does have uh, some interactions with other people in Mondstadt. And I think it's interesting because like, if you look at his voice lines, he really only otherwise talks about Gene and Barbara out of the Mondstadt crew. And specifically with Gene, he is hoping that Gene's going to become the Grandmaster. He finds Gene much more reliable than Varka. And he insinuates that other people agree. And he says, perhaps in our hearts, we all eagerly await the day she becomes the official grandmaster. Like, Albedo throwing mm. shade at Varka. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's like an Alice the gold thing. Mm. Like, Well, maybe when Varka left Mondstadt, he was triggered. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, first my mom, now my dad. And abandoned again. <laughs> Albedo also talks about Barbara. But it's kind of sad because he says that he had drawn like a portrait of Barbara and Albert, the head of her fan club, tried to buy it. And Albedo was like, no. And instead he gave it to Jean. He was like, Jean, just take this. (laughs) I can't give this to Albert. (laughs) How creepy. And then he goes, uh, social relations really require a lot of effort. <laughs> He's like, I don't understand Albert's creepy ways of stalking Barbara. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody doesn't know about Albert's love of Barbara, if you do her hangout, you'll find out that he is her number one fan in the creepiest possible way. Number one stalker. <laughs> and he covers it up by saying that he's head of the fan club. Yeah. Which is also so funny that this Deaconess has a fan club. You want to know one thing? Another person who was a number one fan of a fan club killed that person. And I'm talking about Selena. Fuck you, Yolanda. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's just like, if we ever are just hanging out with Babs and we hear like a bitty bitty bum bum, we need to be really worried. <laughs> we need to take Barbara, get her out of there, and then just, you know, disappear Albert. Put him in the goddamn forsaken domain that we have to fight all the time for <laughs> resistance and ballads and shit. Put him there in the freezing cold. <laughs> Maybe they'll give him a redemption story. Maybe. That no. would be nice. Along with child. A redemption story <laughs> of being arrested. How about that? Oh, no. oh, well. uh, along with child. <laughs> that was like no comment. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guys, you know, Albedo does interact with a few characters that aren't in Mondstadt. We already mentioned Sino and Tignari, as well as Kale. He does get introduced to her because Kale and Sucrose become besties. And it's kind of like, I feel like Albedo's daughter becomes friends with Tignari and Sino's daughter. Mad cute. Besties are going to have each other over for playdates now. <laughs> for two grown 
two grown girls <laughs> grown women will have play dates well they're not grown <laughs> Kali is very much suggested to only be like 13 no. and yes yes because in the manga she's much smaller than Amber and the way that she's treated even by like Tignari and Albedo is very much like she's a kid they need to stop making children work. Maybe that's yeah. why there's so many orphans. Sheesh. <laughs> Sucrose is a whole ass alchemist. Well, and that's the other thing, right? Is like with Sucrose, like Jean and Albedo both refer to her as a kid, I believe. Like Jean says mm. that under Albedo's mentorship, like blah, blah, blah. They both also kind of refer to Sucrose as like a younger person. So where like, I truly believe Albedo is supposed to present as 23. I think Sucrose is supposed to be like maybe 15, 16. Mm -hmm. But this is Europe where they're all like smart as a kid, right? They can all work. They can drink at 18, you know, that type of thing. And we know that like Sucrose, like her family lives in Mondstadt. I mean, this is also to that where you could get killed by a mythical creature any day. Yeah, exactly. And also like Mika Micah, he's about the same height as like Sucrose Kale. And he's considered like a younger guy too. Like I would say Mika's like 17 max. But he's a chocobo. He's a chocobo, which automatically goes from <laughs> 17 to 15. <laughs> he's a baby. But outside of those guys, Albedo also knows Shinksho, but he doesn't know him as Shinksho. Well, eventually he knows him as Shinksho. Yeah, I was going to say, like, at some point. What is his pen name, Shinksho? It just, it rhymes. It It's literally his name. It is. It's like, you're like, mmm... <laughs> yeah, Genyu. Genyu. Very similar. And you find out that Albedo basically, I mean, I'm sorry, Calx, aka Albedo, is the artist that makes all of Shingsho's art for his books. Because if we didn't mention, Albedo's an artist. <laughs> and I think we, we talk a lot about that in the Yai Publishing episode, too. Mm -hmm. Since the Yai Publishing House is who put on the Iridori Festival, which is where we learn all that interesting steps. Yes. And like you learn that like Yai Miko tried to get Albedo to like switch the book series that he was working on so she could get more art from him. And he was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I like what I'm doing. Which just the... Just for a second, too. I know we mentioned that Albedo's an artist. He's an alchemist. Did you guys also know that he plays the lyre and he plays it well? No. What is what what is Venti teaching this boy? I know. I'm like, Venti's just pulling I him aside. Like, maybe if I teach him how to play the lyre, he won't kill everyone. But, but hold up. If Venti's sworn nemesis is Durin, a.k.a. Albedo's big brother aka the person he bays in his bed no. he's teaching the liar to this i maybe six finger who said that he taught him the liar that's true you know what it was six fingered hoje 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 my tongue is too big for my mouth jose six fingered jose doesn't Albedo, I mean, he's, he's, everyone calls him a genius and like, doesn't he just strike you as one of those assholes that could just pick up <laughs> anything and oh, immediately yeah. learn how to do it perfectly? Oh yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't wait for the moment we learn that he tried playing TCG and they're like, he beat everyone. I'm like, of course yeah. he fucking did. <laughs> and then was like, I don't really care for this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like Albedo, though, once he he's also the type of guy that once he learns how to do something, he like will purposely lose. <laughs> Be like, all right, I gotta lose this game today. Yeah, I could see that. But just a little note, too, on Albedo as an artist. Not only does he do the art for Shing Show's books, but he also makes a ton of paintings that he then lets the Knights of Avonius sell for money. And Albedo lets them keep the money because he thinks 
that they're paying for the damages that Alice has done around Monset. <laughs> Truly <laughs> taking responsibility for his aunt. I feel like Alice is the wine aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah, like, you know, like your mom drops you off at like your wine aunt's house and your wine aunt's like, we'll be perfect angels. And then the door closes and she's like, what shit you want to fuck up today? And right. she's like, Pops the cork <laughs> off the bottle. <laughs> We're going to have fun. <laughs> and Albedo like backs up into a corner. He's like, mom. <laughs> and then Clee comes out her bombs. And is like, hi, Albedo. <laughs> <laughs> Look what mommy taught me. You want to go blow up a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> Something super cute too. Clee says to her and help Albedo have like a secret code. That's, I don't know if it's like a secret code or a secret like sign. And the secret sign, quote unquote, is when Albedo hangs up a sign on his door that says experiment- experimentation in process. Uh, Clee shouldn't come inside and she should come back later. I was like, wow, what a secret code, Clee. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's pretty much code for everybody. Get the hell out of here. Do not come near. <laughs> She's like, that's my cue to go find something else to do and not disturb him. Yeah, let me go find Kaya. Yeah, poor Klee. She really needs someone her own age to play with. Well, you know, it's cute. It's like in Lantern, right? They suggest that her and Chi-Chi are friends. But then in Windbloom, she's out on patrol with like Eula. <laughs> so random. <laughs> Not a kid at all. A- another like random thing I wanted to add in too. Do you guys ever notice how weak Albedo's like shoulders and wrists are? <laughs> no. Are you calling him? Are you calling him limp wristed? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like he did not go to arm day at the gym. Like <laughs> arm day, wrist day, wrist you know? day. Yeah, his wrists are fucked, man. He when he does his one, I don't know if it's his burst or his elemental. He literally grabs his wrist and like twists it. Like afterwards, like ooh, that burns. And then when mm. he like slams the elevator on the ground afterwards, he like rolls his shoulder back and grabs it. I'm like, damn, I didn't know chalk broke that quickly. I mean, chalk is pretty fragile. <laughs> Not this chalk. Ah, this chalk. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to just bring up a little bit about that first event that Albedo was in. I know we talked at length because we did a whole episode about it, about shadows and the snowstorm. So please check out that episode if you want to learn more about that second event. Basically, all you need to know is that Suspedo is out there. But in this first event, uh, it actually hints that Albedo doesn't really know that he's related to Durin at the time. And he knows a lot of lore about Durin the dragon and how, you know, Barbados and him were enemies. He was was, like killed on dragon spine and he even says like i wonder if barbados was smart enough to purposely kill him here so that his body would freeze and then paimon's kind of like you really think barbados is that smart <laughs> <laughs> there's it's just interesting there's a lot of like slight things like that that he there's a lot of like commonalities to this first event to like the second event where like in the first event he actually at one point goes master was this your doing or was this your creation and then the second event he's like yeah so my mom made durin and he's my brother and he's like a murderous dragon (laughs) (laughs) i mentioned earlier that in that event a hilly troll steals his sketchbook and albedo is like oh i have notes and paintings in there which by the way, when he gets it back, he's like, the hilly trolls drooled on some of the papers. So some of the papers are destroyed because they froze. And I'm like, ew, like who decided that was going to be a concept that happened in this event? Uh-huh. Frozen drool? Yeah, frozen drool. Why was that on like the freaking like storyboard? Not a happy camper about that one. <laughs> 
But I think it's interesting because he also has his notes stolen in the second event. So like another similarity. And a third similarity in this event that you could actually compare to the most recent Windbloom. Uh, there's a part in this where we're chasing these hilly trolls and we realize that we have to go to like somewhere far away to go to a cave. And Albedo's like, we can just glide there. And I'm like, first off, Albedo, you, Venti, and Amber are the only ones who care about gliding. The only <laughs> three. But it reminded me of Windbloom this year because they take Timaeus with them. And for those of you who don't know, Timaeus is another alchemy assistant. He stands at the alchemy table in Mondstadt. He works with Sucrose and Albedo quite closely. It reminded me of Windbloom when they're trying to jump off the Hexen Circle Island. And he's like, all right, don't worry, Timaeus, I'll glide you down. And Timaeus like mm -hmm. screams the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Timaeus, how does Timaeus? Timaeus not have a gliding license. Yeah, right? Like, he, he's like a full adult. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like he's like someone going back for like his second career. Like, he eventually maybe tried to like follow Wagner and realized that Wagner wasn't for him. Now he's <laughs> well, maybe doing he's alchemy. just scared of heights. True. Yeah, true but in the city of wind, come on. <laughs> come on. Watch us find out like a whole backstory where Timaeus is like trying to learn alchemy so he can like cure himself of his fear of heights. You know, that's <laughs> interesting though because we don't really know a lot about Timaeus. We do know that at the start of the first event, the one that I was just talking about, that Sucrose mentions that like her and Timaeus were helping Albedo with like this data and basically says that like Timaeus got really upset because he felt like he wasn't good at it and he was doubting himself. And so he went back to Mondstadt. <laughs> So, and then we know he also second guesses himself because he has that like girlfriend from Leeway, the potions lady, like the uh -huh. potion lady. Ying Air, however yes. you say her name. He definitely second guesses that relationship quite a bit at the beginning. I love her. But, you know, uh, I'm going to stop rambling. We are definitely out of time for today. Thank you, travelers, for coming back for season three. Woo! Also, today, the day of the release of this podcast is Albedo's birthday. So happy birthday, Albedo. We love you I, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so much. Ah, <laughs> swoon, swoon, swoon. Happy no. birthday, Albie. And we did just want to let travelers know that tomorrow is actually... And if you are listening to this way after the release, tomorrow, September 14th, is our one-year podcast anniversary. <laughs> so we spread Tales of Tavat a year ago tomorrow, which is really crazy, actually. Um, I feel like it's been more than a year, but Genshin also makes you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like it's been more than three years since this game came out. Yes, I feel like we've been playing it for like eight years, and I think I've been playing yeah. it for two. <laughs> <laughs> but we do just want the travelers know that tomorrow Tomorrow, in honor of our one year anniversary, we are going to be doing a Twitch stream where we're going to do some weekly bosses together and some other fun Genshin adventuring and other miscellaneous things that I'll keep a secret for now. Please join us. Uh, we're going to be doing it on my Twitch channel, which is the underscore Fiendster. So if you are interested in hanging out with us tomorrow and celebrating one year and asking us whatever questions you have about the podcast, Genshin, or about us, please join us. We'll be streaming either at 7 or 8. EST. And yeah, thank you for coming down this journey with us today. If you like this episode, you want to let us know what you think, you can follow us on Instagram, Tales of Tavat Pod, or follow us on Twitter, Tales of Tavat. You can also send us an email, pod at gmail.com, or visit our website to see some of the extra goodies we've posted on there, talesatavat.com. Otherwise, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, chalky nerds. Not the chalky nerds. It's like a oh, medicine. Oh, he's the chalk. Chalk, chalk, chalk. Chalk, chalk. Dusty. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs>